0: Welcome to Jesse's Place Podcast Season 3. This is still a safe space where I, your resident realtor, discuss business tips, mom life, healing, empowerment, and everything in between. I'm not just your resident real estate agent. I'm here to provide you with resources and ideas to help you level up in every area of your life. And, of course, I'm from Brooklyn, East New York. And if you know, you know. Now, let's get into it. Hi guys! Welcome to an all new episode of Jesse's Place Podcast. I'm so happy to be back here in season 3 and I'm so excited for you guys to be tuning in all season long and telling me what you want to hear me talk about, tell me what you want to know about, tell me what you want to learn and let's just get right into it. On today's episode we are going to be talking about the hood! But I'm not talking about like your local neighborhood or Brooklyn, the hood that I grew up in. I I am talking about motherhood. And and today's topic, I'm talking about motherhood and I'm talking about what motherhood means to me, what it's been like. I have two small children, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. It has been a joy to be their parent and also what it's like to be a child myself, because for the most part of my life, I have been someone's child before I became a mother. Um, even though I do like to believe that I was a dog mom for the last 15 years, unfortunately, my doggie, Freddie, may he rest in peace. Um, we put him down um, sometime before Christmas, and it was extremely heartbreaking Um, But I do not want to dwell on that. And I want to move on from that conversation before I start crying. (laughs) Um, But yes, uh, aside from being a dog mom, (laughs) I officially stepped into human motherhood um, six years ago with my first child. Um, So Without further ado, let's get right into it. But before I start off, I want to give a big shout out to a new audience demographic, Singapore. Um, I always find it really exciting to go on, log on to my account and see who's listening and where they're listening from. And especially if I haven't recorded content and just to go back and to see which episodes are getting played over and over again. So it's really exciting to see that Singapore is on the check in, India is on the check in. I've got a whole bunch of different places on the check in. Um, I will be giving shout outs throughout the season. So stay tuned. If you don't hear where you're from, send me an email or find me on social media at Jesse the Realtor. I do have a YouTube channel coming up. You can find me on YouTube at Jesse the Realtor. And yeah, let's just get right into it. So today's episode is motherhood, and I want to give a big shout out to all the moms out there doing what it do, whether you are a dog mom, cat mom, pet mom, or you have your own children, or you are part of someone else's life, raising someone else's children that you call your own, whatever motherhood looks like for you, I applaud you, I salute you because I know firsthand that it's not easy. So let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, motherhood started for me really early on, and I did not realize that I was practicing mothering so early on in my life, but let me explain that first. So motherhood started for me, uh, I would say around seven, eight years old. My grandmother was grooming me um, to do the things that she did as a mother, cook, clean, and you know, take care of the house, So I think the grooming towards the mothering aspect started really, really young in my life. And I didn't identify that growing up. Um, I just thought that everyone was groomed that way, that you had to, um, you know, take care of everything. And and in turn, in taking care of everything, you're taking care of everyone. Um, And I learned that later on in life, that that is also a defense mechanism, that I'm so busy taking care of everyone and everything. And I get so busy doing those things that I forget sometimes to take care of myself, or I put myself on the back burner because I don't want to take responsibility for the things that I have to do for myself. And if you can relate to that, I want to hear a amen or whoop-de-woop, whatever you're doing. If you're driving in your car, do a little beep, do a little clap, you know, put the volume up a little bit louder because you already know, guys, Jesse gets into it. I get into it. So so yeah, for me, I, I want to acknowledge and validate that for me, motherhood started really, really young, even though I couldn't label it that way. But knowing now, those were the kind of conditionings that you do, I see most moms doing, right? Or people who are who are caretakers, right? Caregivers. Um, I think mothering and fathering has a lot to do with that, is is being everything to everyone but yourself. Um, and I want to get rid of that. And I think that my my purpose now being a mom is being extremely intentional with my children and being extremely intentional with the people around me so that I can set healthy boundaries. So one of the first things I did when I first became a mom is that, what did I do? I ran myself ragged, right? I completely dedicated every single waking moment to my child. I was a brand new mother. Um, I was stressed out. I was breastfeeding. I was, you know, going to school at the time, finishing up another degree. I was working a full time job uh, and with a newborn baby. And thank God I had my spouse to hold me down and to hold my back. But we know as moms, as new first time mothers, um, that is, is, is freaking stressing. It's stressful, right? No one tells you that. You just see on TV, oh, the beauty of having your firstborn child. And oh my God, the baby's finally here. And no one tells you like you're bleeding from places that you didn't think that you could bleed from. I'm not going to even talk about hemorrhoids because we're not even going to go there. (laughs) If you feel me, you feel me. Um, Okay. Your body is stretched in places. I mean, listen, I get it on social media. We see these moms who have a baby and then like 2.5 seconds, they're back on track. I applaud you. That's great that wasn't the case for me. Um, But if that's the case for you, kudos to you. But on top of having to deal with the anxiety of dealing with our new bodies, we got to learn this new child. And what what people don't tell you is, let me give you an example. When I was pregnant with my first child, everyone was like, oh, you're fine. You're going to be a great mom because you babysat almost all of the kids in your family right? You, you know how to cook, you know how to clean, you know how to take care of yourself. You're an accomplished person already. Your first child is going to be a breeze. Boy, man, girl. They, them, however you identify. Listen, it was not that easy. I had to learn this new person who had their own wants and needs and didn't know how to verbalize them because newborns can't talk. And I was like, this baby won't stop crying. What am I doing wrong? And, you know, slowly but surely I I figured things out and I got a rhythm going and I got a routine going. But I don't think that it's talked about often enough that even though you might have all these other experiences, when it comes to your own child is different. That's why when people say, uh, maybe you've heard this in conversation, like, oh, I love my nieces, I love my nephews, or I love the extended children in my family that I have access to, or my friends' kids, and I'm glad to just bring them home and be done with them and go back home and do what I do separately. Because it's different when you have your own. People who know, know. Well, you know, like you, you just, if, if you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Not that you don't love children any less. Some people just don't even care about having children and that's fine too. But for the people who have their own children, whether through adoption or through surrogacy or through, whatever, however you have your children, you know what I'm talking about. When you have your own, it's different than when you are caring for someone else's child. Um, let's say you're babysitting your, like your nephew for the weekend or your niece for the weekend or whoever for the weekend or your grandchildren for the weekend. It's different when you can get them back, you know? So I think that I really didn't value the freedom that I had before children. I just was like, okay, this is the next progression in life. I got married, got pregnant on my honeymoon, and i that's just the next step in things It's time to, so, you know, have a baby. And I didn't really understand at that point what that was gonna do to my mental health. So another thing that I had to conquer was dealing with the feelings having a child would bring would bring up in me from my own childhood. And to give a little backstory on that, oh, uh, you know, God bless my mom, she had me and my older sibling when she was a teenager. So she had two children in her teenage years. And I thank God that she chose to have us because I'm here now speaking to you because of that. And I'm sure that was not an easy decision, basically being almost a child herself and not having a support system. But that's a whole other conversation because we don't know why people make decisions that they make. But I can only say for me being a child, how her choices affected me and how they made me feel when I you know, got older and I became a parent. Having my first child incited feelings in in me that I felt like I had put to bed, and I obviously didn't. I felt like, you know, who felt, when I first held my first child, the first thing that I felt towards my mom was, did she feel this way about me when she first held me in her arms? Because for for the better part of the first part of my life, I lived with my grandparents and my uncles, and... I didn't really have, oh, excuse me. I didn't really have an everyday presence of my parents because, you know, my mom was working. Um, I'm sure she was getting her life together. And at that time, she needed the support system from her extended family to help raise me. And for some part of my older brother's life as well. But it made me feel like, wow, you know, even though I was grateful to have my grandparents and to have my grandmother, especially every kid wants to be with their parent and they don't understand why they cannot be. If they've ever had a relationship with their parent, they don't understand why they can't be with their parent. So when I had my first child, I was like, I'm never leaving this kid's side. I'm, I'm never going to let this child go for anything. And I was just overdoing it, <laughs> you know? And I was like carrying my baby everywhere. And I just, I, it brought up these feelings of abandonment that I felt that maybe I conquered, but as an adult, I never conquered. you know maybe this is what maybe make bad choices in men. It made me really reflect on the choices that I made in general and how I was looking for things to fill the void. and no parent, no matter how much they love you, can fix what's already set inside of you. So as much as my mom, has done what she can to love me and be there for me she can't fix what i've already created in my mind to be true so even if you know you feel like you're working through things for me i feel like it really did incite feelings that i thought i had put to bed as a grown woman that little baby yearning for me incited those feelings again and made me feel like, Oh my God, did anyone ever feel this way for me? Was I ever loved? Was I ever cherished? Was I ever, you know, who held me like this? And, um, so I think that it's not spoken enough about your mental health when you have children, right. When you first start out, um, in motherhood, Um, And I don't want to disclude anyone when I'm talking about motherhood, but it's a conversation that I can closely relate to. And I'm hoping that this conversation resonates with people who understand where I'm coming from, that I'm not trying to disclude someone who goes through the avenue of motherhood a different way or identifies as a different type of of what their motherhood looks like for them. But this is where, where I feel like I can only talk about what I've been through in this particular situation because in other topics that we speak about... I don't have an experience, but I can talk about it and form an opinion. But for this specific topic, motherhood, it's coming from a very, very personal space, a very personal place. So in starting out in motherhood, I had to take actions to heal. I had to take actions to take care of my mental health and I had to make a conscious decision to be intentional about the way that I was parenting. Another thing that came up for me when I first had children, I was like, before I had my children, I was like, please, when I have kids, I'm going to, I'll smack them up. I'll beat them up. I'll do whatever. Because I grew up being weird that, okay, it was okay to hit, you know, it was, it was, It was not frowned upon that, you know, the adults in your family hit you, you know, whether it was a paw-paw or a slap on the hand or a slap on the wrist or beatings, belts, whatever the case may be. This was not something that, this was normalized behavior, but I knew how beatings made me feel as a kid and it made me feel shameful and it made me feel afraid. So I knew once I had my children, even though before I had them, I resonated with that type of child rearing motherhood incited in me and that feeling of being fiercely protective. So how can I be protective and be the protector if I'm the one who's doing the hitting, if I'm the one who's doing the unintentional parenting, right? So, and like I said, I do, I never, I never look down on other people's way of parenting, but this is what works for me. And this is what the feelings of having children did to me when I first experienced motherhood. And if you remember on a previous podcast episode, I'm going to say season two, we talked about how I felt about, um, if you don't hit them, then what you do. And I explained the methods that I use to reel my children because I don't hit them. Um, um, So go back to that episode, check that episode out if you wanted to hear about what I do when it comes to rearing my children, not hitting them. So in order for me to be an intentional parent, and I spoke about that in that episode last season, um, I had to really do the work on the inside. I had to really think about, okay, am I going to am I going to reinvent the wheel or am I going to do what I've already seen been done by my peers and, you know, by the family and everyone around me, right? Or am I going to, you know, stop that cycle and do something completely different? And that's what I have set out to do. Do I know in the long run, if it will work out? Do I know if my mothering and my rearing of my children will work out? I don't know. But what I do know is that I want to be the type of intentional parent that looks at my own self and and I can turn inside and say, okay, what are you doing here? And what have you not healed from that you're so angry that you're feeling this type of way? So for me, intentional parenting and and being an intentional mother towards my children is thinking about how I treat them, right? If, If I have, am I angry? Am I annoyed by something? Or do I do I not have the mental and emotional capacity to deal with this person having a tantrum, or are we just all having a bad day? Because sometimes it's just a freaking meltdown. It's just okay. I've, I'm intentional, but shit, I'm tired of being intentional, and I want to have a meltdown too. And I've given myself to do those the space to, to do those things, but also be extremely intentional and and vocal with my children about why I am the way that I am, and also try to understand what they're going through, because I never had that type of intentional parenting. So for me, it's important to be extremely intentional about the way that I parent my children. And there are some nights where I go to bed and I just bawl and cry because it wasn't a great day for me. You know, my children were not receptive to my parenting. They were acting crazy. They were um, super emotional, having tantrums, breaking down. And I have to step out of that box and say, okay, I'm not going to smack the crap out of them, even though I want to. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but I, I have to figure out other ways to say, you know what? It wasn't me today. They They were just having a bad day. And hopefully tomorrow we can talk about it. And honestly, sometimes when we wake up in the morning and we, we get ourselves together and I and I go into their bedroom and, and we sit and we talk about it, they'll tell me, Mommy, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. Mommy, I'm sorry that I wasn't being a good listener. Mommy, I'm sorry that I, I made you feel sad. Did I hurt your feelings, Mommy? I don't want you to be angry with me. And, you know, I see the fruits of my labor when my children have on their own accord can turn to me and, be, and like, did I hurt your feelings girl? <laughs> you know, cause I'm in hindsight, I'm like, please, I've been through way worse, but you know, I, I give them to the space to be, to, to talk to me and tell me that they know what they, what they were doing was wrong. And that they want to, even though sometimes they don't always be better, but at least they have it in their mind. So I feel like I'm seeing the fruits of that labor. And, and also too, like, I want to sit and be extremely grateful for them. You know, like there are so many people who do not have what I have, who wish that they could have children, whatever their, their circumstances are. There are so many people who wish that they can just have that luxury of having a child, even just one. I have two beautiful God-given children And I don't want to ever take that for granted. And I know that it sounds manic because I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but I cannot help but feel that way about having my children. I I see them as something of abundance. I see them as something as, you know, definitely a gift. And I never want to take advantage of that. And I hope that me giving them value, people say, oh, you can't spoil your children. You can't, you can't, you know, I came from, a, you know, my grandmother, she was really, she was really um, dry with me. She was really, um, she was really, she was unemotional. She, you know, she, uh, when I got older as an adult, she would tell me that she loves me and give me kisses and hugs. But growing up, she didn't coddle me or show me too much affection because she was afraid that I guess she would spoil me. And, you know, I yearned for that affection. I yearned. And, you know, my children, That's they, they tell me, mommy, you hug me and you kiss me all the time. You're so silly. And I do that because I lacked that growing up. And for some people, it's different. For some people, since they were not shown affection growing up, they do the same thing with their children. But for me, it, it ignited something separate. For me, I want to hug and love all my children as much as possible, give them big hugs and big kisses. And, and we sing songs and we do music and we sing and we dance and we play together. And, you know, I, I didn't have that type of one-on-one connection. Um, not, and Not to say that I was not loved, but I didn't have those affectionate Memories that I'm instilling with my own children. So for me to be extremely intentional about the way that I'm parenting and the way that I'm living in motherhood, um, I've turned those negatives into my positive. Right, turn a negative to a positive. It is all good. Right, like the great B.I.G. Rest in peace. You know, I'm such a Brooklyn girl by heart. I can't even. You know, I can't even have a serious conversation i without getting silly. Do not let me detract, guys. Do not let me <laughs> detract. But yes, definitely, um, ever since having my children, it has definitely opened up these feelings inside of me about motherhood, being an intentional mother, um, and just keeping it real with myself and allowing myself to, to grieve and to heal from my past and, you know, being responsible for the part that I play and how that manif- how that manifests in my life now. Because okay, yeah, everyone has a past, but how am I changing, and how am I allowing that to manifest? Because it, you know, it's been said, and I said this many, many, many times in many different episodes. If you change your mindset, you change your life. So for me, I've I've switched it, in so that how am I allowing my healing to manifest in the relationship that I have with my children now? And I think that decision to really fully work on healing because I thought that I healed before I became a mom. I thought that I put all that shit to bed and all of it was dead. Uh-uh, no, not at all. It, it really did an insight a whole new level of issues that I thought that I had already dealt with. And I, and if you can resonate with that, please tell me what coping mechanisms or defense mechanism you, you built um, when experiencing motherhood and dealing with motherhood and, or parenthood in general, however you identify Um, I, I think that the fear comes the, one of the biggest fears that I have when it comes to parenting and and being with my children is not being around long enough. To love on them. I wish that I had had them when I was a lot younger, but I had always pushed the idea away of having children my whole life because of situations surrounding mental illness in my family and how that would show up in my life with my own children. The the fear of being tied down by children and seeing how that manifested in my peers' life when they had children at a young age. The fear of abandonment, of of being abandoned with children, being a single mom. Um, The fear of Not having the means to provide for my children if I've decided to have any. Um, I think all those fears back then were valid fears, but as I got older and I got into a relationship where I could express those fears and I could sit in those fears, it helped me evolve as a person and say, you know what? I do. I do want children. And those defense mechanisms that I used to say over and over and over again and shoot it from every freaking rooftop that I don't want children was a coping mechanism that I used to deny the fact that in my heart of hearts, I did want a family. I did want children, but I did not think that I was deserving of that. And actually experiencing motherhood gave me the verbiage to to be able to verbalize those feelings and and gave me the verbiage to verbalize the inadequacies I felt as an adult woman before I had children, because it takes a lot of mental sacrifice, not just physical sacrifice. It takes a lot of mental sacrifice to commit to your children. It takes a lot of mental sacrifice to give yourself to your children, right? Without sacrificing who you are as a person. And there's this thing that, you know, duality can't exist. You know, I give it all to my kids and just, there's got to be some type of duality. You've got to leave some for yourself. So me, and prioritizing my mental health and my self-care because let me tell you something. My self-care is my number one priority. If I'm not doing well mentally, I can't deal with my children. I need to walk out of my house, go for a walk, go to the gym. Some women do not have an outlet. Do not have an outlet. They don't have a space where they can go and take a moment to themselves, even if it's just to take a walk around the block. Because if you leave, if, especially if they're home alone, if they don't have a significant other, if they don't have anyone helping them with their children, they can't just leave their kids home alone because that's frowned upon by society. God forbid you go for a walk up and down the stairs to take a, a mental health check break before you lose it, right? Because Why can't we normalize that mental health is a very fragile concept that needs to be talked about more? And I feel like if we had those conversations more, if we had those conversations about what motherhood does to your mental health, the stigmas surrounding whether you're a single parent, whether you're in a relationship or a throuple or whatever, however you are raising your family whether you have support or not because people say oh well she's married or he's married or they're married right or they have a significant other or she has a significant other or he has a significant other they should be fine they're you know they have they have a space to to, to deal with their mental health. I think that motherhood really put to the forefront for me that even though I do have a strong support system, my support system cannot fix what's going on in my head my support system cannot be accountable or responsible for what i'm feeling in my own brain i have to take responsibility for how i deal with traumas childhood traumas mental health issues and how i allow that to allow myself to heal so that it manifests in a better in my relationships with my children and just people in general but this is a motherhood focused episode so we're talking about how it manifests when it comes to dealing with my children. Whew, I know that was a lot to hear and talk about but I just feel like it's really important to to talk about motherhood and how it's important for me to be an intentional mother, how it is important for me to be extremely purposeful in the way that I deal with my relationships with my children. And how I see my parenting manifesting in the future is really focused on how I deal with myself and how I deal with my own mental health and how I deal with, you know, issues that come up with past traumas. Because a lot of times children mirror your behavior. They always say, if you want them to do something, then you have to be doing it. So if they see mommy is not well, and they see how mommy deals with things, then they're going to deal with things the same way probably more, more often than not. So I want them to see me as someone who that is not so much strong because I think strong is a very loose term, but yeah, maybe to see me as someone who's strong, but not just strong, but someone who takes the time to deal with themselves. and also gives themselves the delicacy that it takes to deal with delicate issues And that you don't necessarily need to be strong, but you need to be able to deal. You need to be able to cope. And you need to be able to have the words to to deal and to to say how you feel about things. So in short, I just wanted to say that um, if you feel that you can resonate with what I'm talking about, then guess what? You're a better mom than you think you are. If you agree with anything that I've talked about in this episode... You are a better mom than you think you are. And I want to give a shout out to all the intentional, purposeful mothers out there living in motherhood. Um, There is a part two of motherhood coming up um, following this episode soon. Um, Later on in the season, I will be airing it. And I just want to say again, if you resonated with anything that I spoke about on this episode, guess what? You're not doing too bad. And you're a better mother than you think. And I'm proud of you. And let's just, you know, us be chilling here in motherhood. Let me know what you think, guys. Reach out to me. Send me some messages. What do you think about motherhood? How's your hood? (laughs) All right, guys. So next time, and as always. Remember challenge yourself to become the person you want to become stretch and be ready to fail always remember that the right people will value you in the right way practice humility and when you make room to speak about what exists in the present you no longer have time for the past live your life purposefully and with intention manifest stay blessed till next time subscribe leave a message, leave a review, and as always, I thank you.